And as always, I am joined by that luscious pineapple who is enjoying the summer sun. Hopefully he's not ripening too much in the summer sun. But uh, as always, I am joined by Alan. Alan, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, as I was saying, um, off camera, trying to mold the lawn was pretty good, but only lasted for about, I'm guessing, two minutes. Uh, I'm still... Like, I'm used to pulling the plug on the lawn, not, like, riding it. So it's going to take some time. But other than that, it's been it's been pretty good. Um, obviously, my hair is also growing, so it'll be time for a haircut. But I can't complain, really. It's been nice weather. I don't know what else to say. It's, I feel pretty good so far. Well, good, man. Yeah, it's summer weather, summer heat. It, it's fun. Mowing the lawn. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that. I still live in apartment complexes. They take care of that for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's not like in... Because in Texas, we lived in... A, I used to live in a duplex, my wife and I, and they took care of it, which was great. However, our dog, he hates it. So he freaks out about it. So we try to get him in as soon as... As soon as it's before they mow the lawn, and he doesn't have to worry about it. He'll bark his head off, but at least he doesn't have to not hear it at all. Yeah, and I think that's a, a common thing with dogs. I think it has to do with uh, the the sound the lawnmowers make that hurts their hearing or something. I wouldn't know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, that wouldn't be surprising, but yeah, he's just inside and doesn't have to worry about it. Well, great. (laughs) And he's a wonderful dog you got there, so. Oh, he is, yes. That's what happens when when I hype you you up. The more I hype people up, he's like, oh, so you're so-and-so. Oh, okay, so that's what you got to do with dogs. The more you hype people up, then, and then they see him, okay, I'm not going to worry. Yeah, that's a good way to do it, and a good way to put it, too. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, as much as we love talking about dogs, Alan, I don't, we're, we don't do a dog podcast. <laughs> yes, we don't. I don't know how we, we're going to survive doing a dog podcast. That, <laughs> that would be a comedic relief more than thoughtfulness. Well, you know, maybe down the line somewhere we can figure out how to incorporate, you know, a dog podcast onto the network. That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting, but... It will happen, but <laughs> we'll we'll just stick with our sports here. <laughs> well, you know, speak sticking on the dog topic, a lot of athletes they bring their dogs to the arena. And and a lot of teams have team dogs that they just bring around, you know, like especially we'll talk a little bit about hockey today, but you know, there's there's ice dogs that go around and they, you know, mess with the puck on the ice, you know, like we, I see it on team that, social yeah. medias all the time. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. It's been a while, but I've, I've seen, I've seen that, I've seen dogs come into arenas. So, yeah. 
I think in baseball cats. it's fairly common because you see instead of the bat boy, you get the bat dog. The dog who goes and retrieves the, the yeah, player's bat, take it back. I've, yeah, I've seen that in the minor leagues, but it's lately been cats. But they just, it's just, they just go in just to entertain. That's all. Yeah. Well, you know, we love dogs. We love cats. But, uh, you know, we, we tried to side to. Uh, transition earlier it didn't work too well for us um but we'll move away from the dog talk for now and alan why don't we introduce the actual topic of of uh today okay one of the actual topics has been well a lot has been going on but we wanted to focus solely on the international players that are making a huge impact especially in the playoffs in both the nhl and the NBA, which it's been a lot. It's not. It's no secret that these guys they have been contributors to their teams, and they have really like we always talk about the superstars, and some of them are international, but it's also those role players that are that that have international background as well that really go under the radar, and they become one of the reasons why. They are where they have a shot for playing a championship. Right. And, you know, I think, you know, we'll, we'll get into it too. And I think, you know, even though baseball isn't in the playoffs, we can look at some of the playoff moments uh, as well as some baseball. I mean, there's some controversy with, but when back in 2019, Jose Altuve walked it off to against the Yankees to send the, the Houston Astros back to the World Series. You know, and yeah, there's some controversy after the the cheating scandal came out along with that. But, you know, he's, I want to say he's from somewhere in South America. For, I can't remember the country. Venezuela. Sure. Venezuela. Thank you. And he he walked it off. He has MVP honors, like large impact. And he sent his team to the finals now. And he played well in the finals, but his team eventually did lose the championship round. Yeah. So, uh, I think, uh, Alan, uh, let's see, both the NHL finals haven't started yet, so let's kind of start with the NBA um, and work our way over. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know where to start, but um, I've been, I'm in awe, really, with, I'm a Celtics fan, and let me tell you, like, how they've been playing and who they've gotten has been tremendous. And you remember last year where I was just reeling, like, what is going on? Like, this, like we're, I'm like, you better get this guy or get that guy. But no. And I just thought, I don't know if this isn't going to happen. But during the finals, they started bad. They started like three games under 500 and started in January around Christmas time, they killed it. And the big acquisition that they made, this was the off season was bringing back Al Horford. Everybody talks about the Jason, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, who is a defensive player of the year. Who's a guard, which that hasn't happened since Gary Payton in 1996. But bringing back Al Horford, like, for those that don't know, um, 
Al is more of like a team player guy. That if he if he needs to score 26, he can do that. But it's mostly, hey, I'll rebound for you and play defense. And the Celtics did not have that. And and also like what's crazy to me is like he's from the Dominican Republic. So if you look where he's from and what sport they play in the Dominican Republic, it's like, why is he playing like what makes him play what made him be interested in basketball? But really he's opened the door for Dominicans to make an impact and really his presence has allowed the Celtics to be where they're at now, which the series is tied at two versus the Warriors. So I think his impact, like, of leadership, which is something that we missed when he was first there. So Al Horford, like, he has been someone who has been playing outstanding basketball. He is someone that, hey, he knows he knows the system and it's like, Hey, I'll do whatever. And I'm going to bring my, my part. So Al kudos to him. And also like, look, if you would have told me the Celtics were going to be in the finals that the, this upcoming season, they're going to the NBA finals. I would have said, and what universe? Cause they're just a mess. And I don't, I don't know when it's that going to happen. I, there are times I'm just like, I would get headaches because how they play, but they're in the finals. They're tied at two versus the Warriors, which is not an easy task. They've been there before. So can they pull it off? I would say yes, but we'll see. But Al Horford's uh, coming back to the Celtics has made it easier. And and really, like, he, he, fit, he fits to how – the Celtics play. Right. And, and when we talk about superstars or even role players, that's all you ask is, can they fit within the system? And in basketball, it's that system is really dictated by, you know, that superstar max contract, super max contract person, you know, in Denver, it's, can they fit within the offensive scheme that works really well with Jokic? And so, Mm-hmm. And in Boston, I believe it's Tatum that has is is where the offense flows through. But I I might be wrong. Tatum, yeah. You could also say Jalen Brown as well. Right. So it's a bit of both. Yeah. Well, with Jamal Murray, it's really those the Jokic Murray duo. But with this year, it was really uh-huh. just Jokic. But and so mm-hmm. you, it flows really well through them. And then you got to figure out who are these other role players. And so seeing all Holford really make that large of an impact. Um, and helping his team maybe win a championship this year is all you can really ask for. Yeah, I agree. And also, they've taken a tough road to get there, if you think about that. Like, they swept the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, which really half the people picked the Nets to win it. That's true. I remember that. And and I was just like, all right. And they're like, hey, we'll take them. We swept them. And then facing Giannis and the Bucks, knowing that they're the defending champions. Granted, they didn't have Chris Middleton, but still, you play the game. And they played outstanding. And even Giannis, like, he showed us why he was the best player in the NBA. Like, I didn't hear him complain 
about not having his right hat man. He didn't. He just played, and that really, like, it made me appreciate what he has done, how he, what, how he overcome, overcomes any challenge, and that's why after we, they beat the Bucks, that's when I had the feeling like, I think those two, the Bucks and the Celtics are gonna be the face of the East. Those two always battling for a championship, but also the other team that we beat in the conference finals, Miami, who we always talked about. They, you can make the case they are like the St. Louis Cardinals of the NBA. Yeah. Culture, they developed. Heck, they've had two players start who were undrafted, and they they contribute. They contribute, and that shows the how. Uh, the structure of the Heat with as long as you have someone like Pat Riley in charge and obviously Eric Spolstra, their head coach, they know what they're looking for. So, And it was physical. It was tough. But they beat them in seven games as well. And they are who they are. So sometimes we always talk about, like, I don't know if you heard of the poem, The Road Not Taken. Yeah. Oh, The Road. Well, this is more of, like, the toughest road taken. So, I, it, it, I value that. Like, I value, like, if you have the tough road, and this is something that even our friend Orlando mentioned when we did our Western, I think it was our Western Conference preview, that when you beat a LeBron James-led team, you're going to win an NBA Finals. So, it's the same thing. When you beat those the types of players, like Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or, and then even mentioned Jimmy Butler and the culture of the Miami Heat, you have a shot at winning it. So this is this is why I, I, this is important to mention. It's not just the the impact of the players, but also the road to get to to an NBA Finals and potentially winning. And you could say the same thing in hockey: the the road not taken, especially with the New York Rangers, which. I'm like, they come back 3-1 versus the Penguins, which I thought the Penguins, they've been there before. They know how to close them out. But Rangers took care of that. Carolina, who, if I'm correct, I think they had the best record in the NHL or, uh, no. or in the East. No, they did or not. The, East, You're, the Florida Panthers run the Peasants Trophy, therefore they have the best oh, record. The, okay, but they had the second best. Am I correct? That goes to Colorado. Carolina was in the top four. Okay, well, they were one of the favorites. Yeah. And beat them. And, and yeah, they're down to the lightning, but it just shows, like, hey, like, doesn't matter. Like, bring them all. Let's go. And, and that's the beauty of these, of, of these teams. Like, bring them all. Let's go. Right. And then, you know, especially when Milwaukee was down Chris Middleton and Giannis had to do it all. Um, as a Denver fan, I did not think I, they could win it. I knew Giannis is really capable, um, and they could have won it just off of his back, but I did not see him making it past that round just because of seeing the season Denver had and how hard Denver had it this season. I, I figured that's what that, that uh, um, series with Milwaukee and Boston was going to be like, and that's what it turned out to be, I think. It went f- five or six games, if I remember right. It went seven. Okay, it went seven. So it went it the went full seven. seven. And the Bucks had a three-two series lead. Think about that. Right. 
And so they had it, and we were down in game six, but obviously Jason Tatum exploded for 46. Mm -hmm. But still, like, if they would have won it, like, it would have elevated Giannis to, like, oh, yeah, he's the best, but okay, he's definitely. He's a god mode now. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) And I think that really. I didn't realize it went all the way to seven. I knew it went at least five or six, but for it to go seven, that really shows just how capable Antetokounmpo is. You know, like, not having your right-hand man throughout the entirety of that round really strains the team and makes it a lot harder to win the full series. And the fact that they took it to seven is amazing, you know? And I think what, what really helped is that, you know, they had Chris Middleton for most of that season and most of the playoffs up until the second round, if I remember correctly. And so I think that's what really helped Giannis in that series. And if Jokic had Murray, I think Denver's playoff run would have been a little different. But that being said, like, just the fact that they went seven games when, you know, even I, I figured it would go five or six and then it would be decided. But I didn't see him making it out. But just because of my experience with Denver, you know. But they, they did great. And the fact that they yeah. Boston could do beat Jonas, I think that gave them the confidence going, we just defeated the reigning champs. Oh, we yeah. got this. <laughs> that, that's true. Like, And that's what helped. Like, Milwaukee, like, they had, like, if any team, like, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to kill us, pretty much. And that's the mindset of a champion, like, you, you're like you're gonna have to kill it, kill us. And Miami, it's the same thing. Like, pretty much, if you look at how Miami was built, it's like the New York Knicks of the mid '90s, when Pat Riley was coaching the Knicks and Patrick Ewing leading them, and his team was just surrounded with, with guys who could score, like one guy that could score, but also a lot of them was just predicated on the defense and. Going through that, it's like, it's also tough. But if you get through that, that only makes you better. That's why in Michael Jordan's career, he went against those teams, like the Pistons, who very physical. That's why they're nicknamed the Bad Boys of the mm-hmm. late 80s. And then those New York Knicks teams with Pat Riley, same thing. So that's why to be who you want to be, you have to go through some tough, tough teams that, like, they're going to make you work. And when when you get through them, you're, you're basically will know how to handle it, especially come into the finals, which the physicality elevates to a, a whole new level. No, it really does. And I think, you know, the NBA Finals has a way of, really or that playoff run stressing the team, the players bringing them as far as pushing their bodies as far as they can go and we're seeing that now in the finals you know I think it's a much more of an even series than any of us would have ever predicted Um, and I think part of it is the teams are well matched but also I think the larger part is those players are getting tired (laughs) To go as far as they have made it is really stressful on their bodies, but having these players like Al Wolford, like you mentioned already, stepping up and creating these 
memories and these moments that um, they need is really, really good. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. And and yeah, like this NBA Finals is. I'm gonna be honest. As as much as it really gives me headaches, <laughs> it's gonna go seven games. I said it from the beginning. I talked to my wife about. it. I said this is gonna go seven games, and and this will be the third seven game series in a row that the Celtics will go through if it does go to seven. But anytime you've had three game sevens in a row, like it's an advantage because you've been there. You. You're not nervous. You're like, okay, it's game seven. Like, the pressure's on, but we know how to handle it, and that's why I'll, I'll give them the edge. Probably the fan is in me, but also it's just the the product has been shown. Like, you cannot dispute that. No, it it, it really has, and I think, you know, as it, we should spend some time maybe on, on the Warriors too because they've been there before multiple times. They're, yes. they're a modern dynasty, and they have players from all over the world just as much as Boston does, and yeah. those players are stepping up big time as well. Yes, they are, like Andrew Wiggins like from Canada, who, number one overall pick in Minnesota, he was okay, but you also look, sometimes where you play does have an effect, mm-hmm. and Minnesota was is historically not a good place, like not they don't not a good team, and then gets traded to the Warriors and with in I think it's his his third year with them he's an All Star. Mm-hmm. You could say partly has to do with how the Warriors work, their culture and the structure, which yeah it does play a role, but also sometimes for the player a new scenery is always a start. It's always like you know what. Fresh slate, clean slate. Let's restart. It's like pretty much restarting your career all over again, and that's what I feel Andrew Wiggins has been doing. And also, you can say uh, Nemanja Bjelica from Serbia, who doesn't play a lot, but when he does, his purpose, his role is hey, shoot the basketball, right. shoot the basketball, and play tough defense. And that's all you could ask out of him so like don't those two helping out Steph Curry who I'm just like I don't know how the guy has just pretty much changed how basketball is played with the three-point shot so mm-hmm. really those two like especially Andrew Wiggins him restarting his career has gotten him to a point where I think we're gonna He's ready to to be that guy, that that number two guy in case, hey, if Clay Thompson doesn't get it going, hey, I got this. Let's go. Right. And, you know, we look at the path the Warriors had to go through. Their first stop was through Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. And yeah. they could have easily swept them. I'll admit that. But, you know, the MVP had his game, and yes, he, he, he made it go five. And I think that just showed really well what Denver can be capable of when they get a really full and healthy roster put together. And I also admit that it also showed just how good the Warriors are. You know, in Denver, we never had that feeling of we're going to win this series. 
just because the team was so tired, Jokic was so tired. I mean, you have to you you imagine what he had to go through, basically carrying the team the entire yeah. game, season to get just to the playoffs, and then he's like, you know, we don't deserve to be swept. In one of his most famous quotes, he said this postseason run, and he yeah. won them that game, and then they had to go to Phoenix, and Phoenix was a no, really powerful team. Oh, Memphis. They went through Memphis. And so they went to Memphis. Memphis is an up-and-coming team. And and then, of course... Yeah, they are. And and I think that's we're going to have a new rivalry between those two. I'm telling you, like, how they played and what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... I think we're having ourselves a new rivalry, which I think that will be another topic to talk about, which I believe the NBA is missing that. It's not I like think a lot of sports are. Yeah, and I think that if hopefully next year if the Warriors and Grizzlies play same situation, conference semis or, or even the conference finals, then it's on. We have ourselves a rivalry. But hey, that's another that's for a topic for another day. But yeah, they, it was a little bit physical, but obviously health did play a role. Not having John Morant, like who injured his, his knee, couldn't play the probably wouldn't play the rest of the series. And having Stephen Adams from New Zealand being in in health in COVID health and protocol didn't help, so it could have it could have changed the trajectory, and we probably would have seen Memphis in the finals, probably. Well, Memphis, I don't know if they could have made it through Dallas, and I don't think Dallas anyone had Dallas making it to the conference finals, um, mm-hmm. but I think that really just showed how capable. Um, Oh, I'm spacing on names here. Luca. Luca, yes, thank you. <laughs> it just shows how Luka capable Donkic really is, and how, what the Dallas team is going to be capable of here here in the near future. And well, I agree. Like, we'll see what they do, but I think to me that game seven versus Phoenix, I thought, oh, they're probably gonna lose, but the way that they blew out Phoenix, it reminded me of. What happened last year? Uh, there were game six against the Clippers. My wife and I were in that game. And the atmosphere was like, okay, we're going to close them out. And that's what Kawhi Leonard exploded for 45 points. And just they, they did not have that experience. But that game seven actually helped them. Like, hey, we're in another game seven for this time. We're not gonna, we're not gonna lose. And Luca did what he did, but it's not just him. His supporting cast had the same mindset and did the, what they did to Phoenix, which I think everybody was shocked. But it happened, and I go back to that experience of June of last year. So that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, really, and. I think it really shows, and that series between them and the Warriors was really tight, if I remember correctly. It could have gone either way multiple times. Um, and so, to see them come back, win it, the Warriors, of course, and win that series just shows, man, this Warriors team is basically the NBA version of the Patriots. <laughs> like, you have to go through Golden State in order to make it to the finals if you're in the Western Conference. It's mm-hmm. not yes. Los Angeles. It's San Francisco. And I think that really shows 
you know, and we talked about these players. I mean, we had Jokic, we had Luka Doncic, and then there was a couple in Memphis you mentioned that I totally spaced names on. Um, But these players, I mean, you had the MVP in the first round, and then you had arguably another great player in the sec or in the third round, and now you're going to and now you're going against like another team full of these impactful players, and it's you're really showing, you know, no matter where you're from in the world, you can make an impact on your sports team if if that's the arena you want to go into. Yeah, you really do. Like you, you want to like as a former wrestler used to say, Rick Player, to be the man, you gotta beat them, and it's always gonna be that way. It really is. And now, Alan, do we want to get into the NHL today, or should we uh, postpone that for a little bit? Well, we can get into the NHL. I have no problem with it. All right, let's get into it. So, obviously, I think. I know the NHL's players a bit better than I know the NBA, and I think that's just because I follow the NHL a little more closely than I do basketball. But I also think it's a bit easier to see uh, that some of these players are not necessarily... Because a lot of these players in basketball, they tend to have names that sound like they could be from the States or nearby, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. players in the NHL, they tend to have... uh, Well, there wouldn't be the term hockey name without these type of names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you yes. mentioned it already with the New York Rangers. Their have their ba- teams are being outgoalied by the Rangers except for the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is the closest series I've see, seen the Rangers play because of oh boy, let me look up this guy's last name. I know it's Igor. I want to say it's Soslemensky or something like that. Yeah. But I don't know who you're talking about. Yes. Ah, Shostorkin. Igor Shostorkin. And then, of course, they have Alexander Gorgiev as their backup. So, they're, And then, of course, we let's look at this uh, Eastern Conference Finals real quick. We have Shostorkin, who's led, basically kept the Rangers in every game, even against the Lightning. He's kept them in it. To, oh, oh, yeah. Versus Andre Vasilevsky. Now, mm-hmm. Vasilevsky is arguably the best goalie in the NHL right now. Oh, the best. No, no question about it. It's like, like to score on him, you gotta be precise. Like you, you gotta find the hole. Cause if you don't find it, he'll make you pay. And they, and that's how. Ta- that's why Tampa Bay, they've been, they've won the Stanley Cup twice already. And we're looking at a dynasty right there, right now. So that's why them being down 2-0 didn't phase them one bit. It's like we've been here before. Let's regroup, and tonight is the night. One step away from going back to the work, the Stanley Cup versus your Avalanche, who we'll get to in a bit. But you're right, Vasilevsky is—he's one tough goalie, not just the best, but the toughest. Right, he—he's really, really tough. And uh, you know, we look at the the top line of. Of uh, the Rangers, and I, it's usually the top line in the regular season. I don't know if it's still the top line right now, mm-hmm. but your top center is Mika Zabinajad. He's from Sweden. He's mm-hmm. making lots of impact. Art Artemi Panarin, he's Russian. He's making lots of impact. You know, he's arguably up for 
he could go earn a heart trophy very easily if it weren't for uh, McDavid in the league. Um, mm-hmm. You have Kapukakko, who's from Finland. Just looking at the name, yep. <laughs> you know, he's a right wing. Adam Fox, I believe, is from Canada. No, he's American, actually. Interesting. Um, but you look at these players. You have uh, Johnny Brodzinski, who's also from America. But you got all these players. And it, they're just gelling at the right time. And they're all being led, of course, by Igor Shosturkin, who is making these players, the, this other team, earn every shot they get. Yes. Yeah, it has. And this Ranger team, like, even, like, even if they're down, like, they they have an opportunity. Like, I'm not saying they're going to win the Stanley Cup, but I'm saying they can. They can give this team spits. They've done. They've they've done it. Like, like I said, Pittsburgh down three one. They came back. Carolina, like. Uh, there were some people that, hey, Carolina can can actually win it, but nope. They got him out of there. And even though they're down to Tampa Bay, I, I feel that the, the Rangers, they're not, they're not phased by being down. They know they're going to have to go to Tampa and close it out, which is a tough place to play. But still, they... I feel that they're not faced by it, and I won't be surprised if this goes seven. No, I had the series going seven. I think it, it was going to go seven from the start. When you have a team like the Lightning, led by Steven Stamkos from from Canada, with the best goaltender from Russia and in the league, Andrzej Vasilevsky, great, great winger with Nikita Kucherov, um, yep. great Swedish defender, maybe the best Swedish defender the league seen in a, in a while, Victor Hedman. Um, you're just looking at these players and you're like, how <laughs> are we, they going to beat this team? Yeah. And and then, of course, you have Pierre Belmar, who is from France. making He's a fourth-liner, but he, he's a big role player. He used to play on the Avalanche, did great as a role player on that team, and he's doing good things here in Tampa Bay. And you're looking at this roster and you're just like, it's like the Bulls of the 90s almost, where if you make it past them, you're golden. But you're also like, can you even make it past them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's true. Like, that, that question is, is always on, can you make it past them? But when that happens, then, all right, like, you went over that hurdle, and now the other hurdle is, okay, go win it. Especially if you're facing a team who has had some bumps in the playoffs in the past where they've always, like, I, it's always funny that we talk about your avalanche and all. It kind of reminds me <laughs> how you make fun of the Dodgers who always do great in the regular season and then the playoffs. So, And I've I admitted that, good. you know. Yeah, and that's good. So I think that would be avalanche in the Stanley Cup, like, hopefully they're getting themselves ready. and Oh, they are. And hopefully they don't have – they might be rusty. We'll see. Like, this this is, this is just becoming a great playoff so far. Several games going into seven. And, and really, like, if Tampa Bay wins it, I think we'll have ourselves a great Stanley Cup. 
But if the Rangers win it, okay. Just make sure you next time Madison Square Garden, not to schedule at the same time, you have a Justin Bieber concert. Which, <laughs> but then again, that's Madison Square Garden. They've like they've done stuff like that before, which I'm like, eh. well, Paul. I think no one expected the Avs to make it to the Stanley Cup for sure. I mean, you never know how a playoff run's going to work out. But even if we look at the Avalanche, they even had to push a concert back till October because the Avs are making it to the Stanley Cup playoff and the final final round, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think <laughs> that's just crazy to me, man. Like, they made it to the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> we might have two parades to go to this year. We're back. Sorry for the technical. <laughs> Sorry for the technical difficulties, but we are back. Uh, we were talking about the Avalanche in the Stanley Cup Finals. So, Braden, you were saying we might have two parades to go to this year, bud. One in Boston and one two in what? Denver. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> but really, as I've watched this as playoff run, this team. Is way different than any other team I've seen, Avalanche-wise, in the playoffs. Their their moniker for this year, I think, is the best playoff motto, motto, sorry, that you can have ever. And it's simply just find a way. I think that's the best playoff motto you can ever have, as a team, is let's just find a way. And often they're not even the first team to score a goal, and they find a way to come back and win those games. And it's been hard. I mean, we've been led by our Swedish captain, uh, Gabriel Landeskog. We've been led by can, p- great players from Canada. Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr, obviously, probably the best defenseman in the entire league, <laughs> if not the world. <laughs> and, you know, we have so many great players on this team. And Arturi Lankinen and Mikko Rantanen, they've come alive. And especially with Lekkonen scoring the overtime winning goal twice in two years to send his team to the Stanley Cup final, this team, man, it's just special. And I don't think anyone would have had them sweep in the Oilers in the third round. No, I didn't. I thought this was going to be seven games considering who was playing. And I've seen the Oilers a lot just because they beat the Kings in seven games. Because I thought there's no way the Kings are going to there's, there, there's no way the Oilers are going to go into LA and beat the Kings because just because how they play, they they like they like to grind you, mm-hmm. and I just didn't think the Oilers could not handle that, but they proved me wrong and they went into the back home in Edmonton and at the right moment, boom, crushed crush the Kings big time and. And I thought, like, no way. No way, but they did. And then, obviously, getting swept by the Avalanche, which I did not think that would happen. You know, I thought it was going to be six or seven. I think everyone had it going to at least five games that that, seri- that round in that series. But we're I also forgetting be- the all-important Battle of Alberta, which we haven't had in the playoffs for a very long time. Yes. And I think... Honestly, the players, the coaches, they all got together before the series and they said, hey, let's make this go seven games because this hasn't happened in a long time. <laughs> because that series went ended up going six or seven games. Oh, yeah, it did. They went to seven. It did. And, and, and so I, I just have a conspiracy theory that I don't even think is in any way true. 
obviously the better teams ended up winning those games, and then obviously in Game 7 anything can happen, especially in hockey. But I just think it'd be funny if the players and coaches got together and said, hey, this is a rare occurrence in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Want to make it go seven games? (laughs) Uh, I doubt that would happen, but... No, I don't think that would happen because NHL players, they're so proudful. And they got so mm-hmm. much on the line in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, I mean, that's why you play the game in, in, of hockey. It's to earn the hardest trophy in all of sports to win. And yeah. I, I, the basketball playoff system is, is hard. But nothing is as hard as the hockey playoffs. And I've heard it said by other people. And I've, I've, as I've watched the playoffs more, seeing these playoffs... No other sport has a harder playoff system than what the NHL yeah. has. So by the time you hoist the Stanley Cup over your head as a team, you've you've earned it. <laughs> Every team earns their tr- championship, but by the time yeah. the Stanley Cup is awarded, I think that's earned with caps lock on. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I agree, and that's what happened. It was it was great to watch and. Obviously, with the Oilers losing, the, the curse continues of a Canadian team not winning the Stanley Cup. And I just noticed it hasn't happened since the year I was born. 1993 with the Montreal Canadiens. Think about that. It's been 29, all my whole life, no Canadian team, which I was, I'm blown away by. Really, I am. No joke. No, I, no joke. I, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a crime. The, the sport of Canada... They haven't had a cup in 29 years, but I also think it's it's because of look how hockey's developed all over the world. You know, like it's not back in 1993. You could say you know maybe the best teams were Canadian teams, the the Detroit Red Wings, and the Colorado Avalanche back in the 90s. I think though, mm-hmm. although at that point in '93, I think they would have been the Quebec Nordiques, and they weren't yeah, that good Canadians, in Quebec. They they were the last team to win it. Right, and so you look at that, and the league and the players have changed so dramatically since. And, you know, that Montreal Canadiens team, yeah, they made it to the Stanley Cup in a year that was just strange, but I did not think they were going to win it just because they were going against the Lightning, and the Lightning was a way better team than the Canadiens that year. Yeah, I agree, and... I don't know what you say because I thought about it. What you say that the expansion of the of having teams in the U.S. plays a role? Because I think it does. I, I think it does too. But I and I think this is a debate and topic to get into later. But I also mm-hmm. think I I just think there's only seven teams in Canada. Mm-hmm. We need if we want more if we want Canadian Canada teams and people are upset about Canadian teams not winning it. I think we need to go to we need to petition Gary Bettman to put another team in Canada. And I think if Arizona does not play their cards right, they might move to Canada is what I've been seeing. Well that could happen really because to be honest, yeah, like like now they got their lease back, but if this happens again, I think they might move. I think that's and, what's gonna ha- end up happening is I think they're going to have to end up moving, and I think if they move, they'll move to Canada. But I think it's not necessarily no Canadian team has won it in 29 years. I think it's more 
the balance in the NHL, it's predominantly American teams. I think we need to kind of even out that balance. Instead of putting... And I know Toro, Braden Toro with Noble Sports would hate this, but instead of a team in Vegas, why not put it somewhere in Canada? I don't know a lot of Canadian cities, so sorry, like Canadian Saskatchewan, fans. Like Saskatchewan, like yeah, province. Yeah, like... Although I think Saskatchewan has one. I don't think they don't. Where's Ottawa? <laughs> Ottawa, well, there's one in there's Ottawa, but... Right, but so, like, we just need more teams from- there. And so instead of the Vegas and Seattle, both teams deserve it to be in those cities. I think teams needed to be in those markets. Why not also put teams in Canada? Or at least move some teams from, like, Florida, Texas, and Arizona. Maybe more so Dallas and Tech and Arizona would move more than Florida. But anytime a team moves, you're upsetting one's fan base. And it's really upsetting. So the best pants is expanding and putting more teams in Canada. And arguably, I think that's mostly why no Canadian team has won it since. is because the Ameri- there's been more American teams. The talent's just been going to these teams more. And Canada- Canadian teams are just falling off the wayside. I think... Yeah. I mean, but we're looking at it. The Winnipeg J- Jets are coming up. Uh, Edmonton Oilers have a, the best player in the world with Connor McDavid. Ottawa is getting better every year, which is funny to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Ottawa's getting better every year. Calgary's really up there right now. Um, Toronto, if they can ever make it past the first round, I think they would make win the Stanley Cup. But they got to make it out of the first round. Yes, they do, yeah. And that's why I solely think, no matter who the Avs play, I think the Avs are going to win the Cup. Because they got out of that second round, they they're they're playing looser than I've ever seen them play in the play playoffs. Mm-hmm. And when you have a team that's playing loose in every subsequent round or every round in the in the in the playoffs, that team's even more dangerous than any other team. Oh yeah, and, I agree by far. And I think it, no matter who they go against, I think it'll be a tougher series than they've had all playoffs. But they're going to win it solely because of their motto, and they they got the monkey off their backs. They're they're playing looser than I've ever seen. If Tampa makes it to the Stanley Cup, they're going to play tight because they're like can't, they're going to feel pressure of can we be the first team in a while to three peat, and that's going to put pressure whether the players will admit it or not. They're going to feel pressure for that. If the Rangers make it there, they're going to feel pressure because that's going to be the first time for a lot of those players to make it there. Yes, it's mm-hmm. the first time for the Avalanche, but they're playing so loose because they're like, we got out of the second round. We're, we don't care what happens next. Oh, yeah. And that's that's scary, especially in the Hawk Stanley Cup playoffs. I agree. Like, we see teams, and a lot of those teams that have made the hump, that gotten over the hump, have won. Like, you, at the Avalanche, I think that could happen. We've seen it with the Milwaukee Bucks last year. They finally got over the hump and won. Boston this year, same thing. Could not get past the conference finals. They're in. So, teams historically that has happened. You get, you, you, you take the monkey out of your shoulder. Then you start playing more, more looser, more focused, and yeah, it's just gonna be exciting. We are, we are in exciting times. 
we are in in great times. Some say it's trouble, yeah, but when you use sports to to make it exciting, then we are in exciting times. And these playoffs have shown that each and every step of the way. And and I know when, especially when Game Seven happens, it actually it's the climax. Or I would say. Yes, the climax, but also it is the the it will be the answer to the questions for a lot of these players, and that is the one place where we can truly find the answers. Game seven, and if that happens, and both the NBA and the NHL will be ready, and you will be ready as well. I couldn't have said it better myself. I say let well we're kind of standing to wind down here, so let's kind of wrap it down and we could have done the sooner in the the episode mr allen but we got a fun announcement we need to make yeah do you want to make that announcement why don't you go right ahead okay all right i'll go ahead and say it well it is we now have a website launched it is pineapple22media.com it's still in the working progress but in that website every everything from our content our merchandise even our, we'll be writing some stuff, our, our thoughts about certain sports when it comes to international will be there. It's free. You, you, don't have, you don't have to pay at all. Check us out, pineapple22media.com. We'll post it on our social, social feed so you can check it out, what, read what we have to do. It's a work in progress, but we'll get it there. And also, you want to watch our content everything will be right there free accessible you don't have to worry i couldn't have said it better myself guys we're we're really we if there's some news that we want to talk about but because of schedules we can't quite talk about it in the time frame that we need to talk about it so if for example like trades go down we can talk about trade deadlines and bigger moves made but specific traits, we can give in-depth analysis in written content through that website. You can find it there. We're going to move uh, the door opener series of the first players to ever break it into the NHL, NBA, or MLB from the world into them. We'll still talk about it here, but more of it will be on the website. You can also find impact players from around the world now making that impact. So kind of like what we just talked about, but more in-depth analysis of each individual player. And, of course, if the Avalanche win a cup, it, get ready for an article about how those international players led the way. And uh, that's what we're all about. And we're just ho- highlighting these guys' stories because they need to be told in ways that a lot of other people might not tell you. Absolutely. So stay tuned for that. The website is work in progress, but it is available for all to, to see, to click, to watch our what we just talked about, and even read our our opinions on it. Couldn't have said it better. All right, let's we'll write it out.